Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFR Ratings Pete on Twitter. This is a solo podcast as Jepper heads back from New Zealand, and he's in transit and will be back on deck next week. Let's get into this podcast. So I'm going to go through a stack of information. Uh, we're going to keep the same platform and the same format. So let's get into it. So finding solid bench cover options can provide ma- massive leverage on the field. Josh Carmichael last week had many coaches looping in his score of 111 points in last weekend. The recommendation is to bench a highly owned player in that situation. Myself, I did choose Will Brody to bench. If you are satisfied with your team, maybe upgrading bench options could be an option. Josh Ward and a couple of others do represent good looping options. Then you can leverage that against healthy and highly owned type players if they score quite well. COVID continues to hit clubs, monitor news daily. Fortunately, we haven't been hit from a fantasy perspective at this stage, but still, we've still got five weeks to go in the home and away season. Clearly, taggers have returned in a big way. It's not just midfielders that are being targeted. We're getting a look at players getting shut down in half-back top roles. Captain selections can provide a massive boost in rank. Again, look for maximum leverage in that VC option by looking at low-owned or low-regarded options for the week. In some circumstances, it is a free hit. Okay, I'm talking AFL fantasy season long classic mode. This discussion is pre-round 19. This podcast has been recorded on Tuesday night, July 19. And of course, the news has been crushed out for you on the AFL ratings network. The content is free. Likes and retweets are always appreciated. Again, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. Okay, let's get into some ownership here. So at the Rucks, we're looking at uh, on-field only. So round 18 ownership. Uh, 20% or higher. So in the ruck situation, Darcy Cameron 60%, Tim English 60%, Sean Darcy 40%, Rolly O'Brien 36%, Max Gorn 32%, Jared Wicks 20%. You, as you can see there, no highly owned ruck there. And yeah, it is a very, very spread out field. So, you know, you're looking at um, potential uh, boosting rank if you can nail those two rucks to finish off the season. In the defenders there, Jack Crisp, 96%, James Sisley, 88%, Jaden Short, 88%, George Hewitt, 80%, Jordan Dawson, 76%, Jack Sinclair, 72%, uh, Sam Doherty, 68%, and Nick Dacos there with a massive score last week at 28%. He's a chance to be targeted this week, Nick Dacos is for Macedon. Uh, ben Ratton sort of confirmed that on Monday night. Into the midfielders, Lockie Neal, 100%, Rory Laird, 100% back to Neil there. He's been targeted the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, still maximum ownership there in the top 25. Jack McRae, 92%. Took Miller, 88%. Andrew Brayshaw, 84%. Jack Steele, 84%. And that ownership increased significantly last week. Callum Mills, 80%. Zach Merritt at 68%. Josh Kelly now in concussion protocol will miss this week, 36%. And Sam Walsh at 24%. Onto the forwards there, Stephen Keneally at 100%. So he was used in a tagging role last week against Lockie Neal. So GWS coach Mark McVeigh, he did come out last week and he said he'd look for a player that, to go to Lockie Neal that you know might not be a consideration for others to think that would do the role, and it was Stephen Cornelio. I thought Tim Serrano might have been a chance. I thought Cornelio was in that pool of players that you know might not have been considered previously to do the job, and, and yes, it turned out to be Cornelio. So interesting there if Mark McVeigh does stick with Cornelio to play a tagging-type role. 
which is going to reduce his score. So if he's looking to shut down opponents um, the last few weeks of the season, uh, yeah, that's uh, certainly a situation to really look closely at. And 100% ownership of the top-ranked coaches. You know, really got to pay attention to what Mark McVeigh says this week if Stephen Kinelio's name does come up. So Josh Dunkley at 96%, Will Brody 76% there, Marcus Bontem Pally at a massive score last week at 76%, Luke Park at 60%, Adam Trelaw there at 44%, Mitch Duncan at 44%, and Tim Taranto there at 20%. Okay, my top three targets for round 19. Uh, Ryan Marshall there, so Paddy Wright is down and pretty much going to miss the rest of the season at this stage. So Marshall there, you've got to imagine, you know, the Saints season is slipping away there that, you know, Brett Ratton, senior coach for the Saints there, might want to get a bit of a look at a solo ruck situation, you know, which can provide him other options in different areas of the ground, maybe add an extra midfielder there, another forward, maybe even a half-packer. But, yeah, hopefully Marshall goes in a solo ruck for the week, uh, potentially with a uh, key defender top there happening out um, as a second ruck option. But, yeah, solo ruck option there. If he gives a green light this week and that select team selection goes that way, Marshall is going to be highly targeted. His salary is quite juicy there, and it's not too expensive. So, yeah, you've got to imagine a stack of ownership heading his way if that, if that is the case. So he's one of my targets, definitely. Uh, Jack Steele on the radar there as well there for me. So he... Um, He's getting those scores done, and, you know, the ownership did increase last week there as well. But, yeah, he's pretty solid for those scores, you would imagine, to finish off the season. And Zach Merritt just getting it done. High-selling top midfielder for the Bombers, so he should be fine to finish off the season there as well. On to notable low break even. So Josh Carmichael played in the midfield again for the Magpies last week, and he smashed it. Conditions suited to his game. Had a stack of tackles there. His break, break even is minus 35, so 111 last week, and it's a really good looping option. So a lot of... A lot of coaches, even I can see in the top-ranked uh, coaches, they missed out on Carmichael last week and therefore overlooked him again on the weekend. So, you know, a few coaches in that top 25 did use that loop option to bring Carmichael on the ground. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely a situation you need to be, you know, if you have a strong bench and if you, had good, if you have good looping options, you know, Carmichael was one of those to bring on, obviously, after a massive score. And just, yeah, bench a wholly owned type player. So, you know, if that player does fail, that you can really... Uh, provide a boost in your rank there. Uh, Noah, Noah Cumberland, he was actually really good uh, for the Tigers again last week, 89 points, so he's a break-even of minus 23. I uh, know Tom Lynch again last week there as well, but he was actually quite solid. Um, bright future there for the Tigers as well. So Joy Kelly there, uh, he's going to get a stack of opportunities there at West Coast to finish off the season. On debut last week, 76 uh, 76 points. He was quite solid. Uh, played through the midfield there as well. He had some tackles, so he, I thought his game was actually pretty good on debut there as well. So again, he's going to get a, quite a few looks to finish off the season, I would imagine. So his break even there is minus two. Ash Johnson there for Collingwood as well. Uh, conditions didn't really suit his game, but he really looked lively up forward for the Magpies there. Finished with 58 points, break even of two. And Josh Ward, so if you're willing to pay up a little bit here, so his he, uh, salary is at 478k. Uh, 133 points last week, and he was outstanding. He found uh, plenty of ball quite easily in those conditions. Obviously, against West Coast, we're going to take that into consideration with regards to his opponent. But, yeah, he, I thought he was fantastic. Break-even of six. So, again, 133 points last week. High ceiling bench option there for you as well. So if you can loop him in to provide that sort of leverage against the field, that could be a quality play f- to finish off the season. Again, for 78K. Okay, onto notable players potentially dropping in salary on the radar to target soon with a 130 plus 
break even. So we're going into Tim English there at 145. So he did play a little bit forward there last week. Jordan Sweet did come into the team. So that's on the back of Aaron Norton going out of the team. Uh, Luke Beveridge pretty much said as much as well. So Norton comes out of that team, had to play the dual ruck setup, and that was unfortunate for those that do own Tim English. So you've got to imagine Norton's coming back into that team this week and that uh, Bevo will go back to just Tim English. So I would presume those scores are going to return to uh, a pretty high ceiling type player for Tim English. Break even at 145, I wouldn't be too concerned with that there as well. So Lockie Neal, 141. Again, targeted the last couple of weeks. So if he can break free of that t- those targets to finish off the season, his scores are going to return. But, you know, if he is targeted, uh, he's got maximum ownership there. So it might be way even one to consider what you do with him. So look at his run home to finish off the season. Aaron Hall expected to return from injury this week. So uh, interesting with the um, Kangaroos last week and, and Patch Adams, Lee Adams, uh, interim senior coach for the Kangaroos, he's pretty much come out and said that they, the Kangaroos want to play a front half type game. So that's a really opposed to what um, David Noble wanted to do, where they would absorb pressure and would absorb all those inside 50s. Uh, Lee Adams has come out and pretty much said he wants the opposite. So they want as many inside 50s as possible and to try and keep the ball inside 50. So therefore, that's going to potentially reduce uh, opportunities there for the D50 defenders, and that plays into the hands pretty much of Aaron Hall. So, you know, it's a little bit opposed to what Aaron Hall has done in the past, so it might be one to avoid. Plenty of people will go to Aaron Hall as a point of difference, but yeah, I'd be sort of ignoring that. Obviously, you've got the soft tissue injury concern there as well, but yeah, just from a game plan point of view, if the Kangaroos do want to play a front-half type game, that is not as many opportunities for Aaron Hall as you would imagine there. So it might be one that play a bit of a leverage situation there against those that are going to target Aaron Hall. So, yeah, he is um, break-even is a 141 there. Josh Kelly, obviously, in concussion protocol there, 136. Uh, Max Gorn scores went there on the weekend as well. It's a really good matchup for Gorn and just didn't even get anywhere close to a decent score, 135. Sam Doherty there, 135. Scores still okay there. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw scores are starting to fluctuate there, so it's got to be interesting to see you know, if people do jump ship on Brayshaw to finish off the season. So 134, Jack McRae, 133, pretty consistent type player. Josh Dunkley does have a high ceiling, so I'd imagine he's going to be okay to finish off the season. And if the Bulldogs can get on a roll and make finals, you've got to imagine that his score is going to be there for the remainder of the season. That's the same as McRae there as well. Uh, Jordan Dawson, so you've got to imagine... There could be a target coming towards uh, Dawson this week in the form of pretty much Ryan Clark if he is named for the Swans. So, yeah, he could be a shutdown option for the Swans against Jordan Dawson this week. 131 and Clayton Oliver uh, probably going to return for the Demons, I would imagine, at this stage. So he's got a break-even of 130. Okay, on to notable strong scoring output with a 115-plus average last three rounds. So Rory Lead, 144, Jack Sinclair. 132, Zach Merritt, 129, Luke Davis, Uniaki, 127, Hugh McCluggage, 120, Mitch Duncan, 120, Noah Anderson, 119, Jack Steele, 117, Nick Dacos, 117, Tuke Miller, 115. Five of those players there I've just mentioned do have ownership. So the ones that don't, Luke Davis, Uniaki, you actually might see a tag this week from Finn McGuinness down in Hobart, but yeah, his scores have been excellent. Uh, He's been providing uh, pretty strong midfield usage there for the Kangaroos there as well. Hugh McCluggage is another one, not much ownership there as well. So his scores have been really good there and, you know, obviously way better than what Lockie Neal has been able to put out. So if you're looking to jump ship, potentially McCluggage could be an option. You know, his high selling uh, numbers are there and he is playing inside midfield, but you just do take into consideration 
the Lions' upcoming draw. But if, you know, opposition teams are going to go to Lockie Neal, that potentially means that McLuggage is going to get off the leash, and he has done so recently. Um, Mitch Duncan was in there. He had some ownership there. So, But Noah Anderson there for the Suns. Uh, the Suns are up against it now to make finals. So you've got to imagine... Uh, that you know they're going to be trying everything this week against Brisbane. Tough matchup there for Noah Anderson. Uh, probably wouldn't go there myself, but yeah, his score has been actually quite excellent this year as well. So one nine in their last three, and Nick Dacos obviously a massive score last weekend as well. Uh, just had a stack of ball across halfback, did go forward at times there as well. And potentially if that's a situation, if he does get targeted by Essendon this week, that he might slip forward a little bit just to try and shake off that tag. He can play midfield, but obviously a halfback is to go for his high top ceiling top games. Okay, on to a few key players to finish off the podcast for listeners. Thank you thank you again for sending those in. Going to play like or dislike to finish off the pod. So we're going to do a 28-pack to finish off. So Royal Marshall, love the pick. So obviously no Paddy Ryder, pretty much done for the season. You've got to imagine that uh, Marshall's going to be solo ruck. If that's the situation, we know he has a high ceiling, so love that pick. Uh, Josh Kelly, obviously a bit of a trade-out target here. Well, actually is a trade-out uh, with concussion protocol uh, straight up. So it's a dislike there. Adam Trelaw playing a little bit of halfback there without Caleb Daniel. Uh, Daniel's uh, due back shortly. So you've got to imagine that Trelaw potentially goes back into that midfield. And if that's the case, the scores might fluctuate. But yeah, while he's at halfback, I actually don't mind that role for Trelaw. And if he's taking uh, kick-ins or kick-outs, however you want to say that, but his scores can elevate a lot, a lot higher than what uh, they would otherwise if he was going through the midfield there. Uh, so I like the pick there for Trelaw uh, while he's playing halfback. Uh, Tim Taranto, you know, the Giants season slipped away and they're just starting to hit a bit of a flat patch here. So you've got to imagine that, you know, McVay might to, might want to throw up a few different things here. So that could impact the midfield there. Obviously, Jacob Hopper come back into that team there. So it's another midfielder. Giants are stacked with the midfielders, as I keep saying. So, you know, it's going to impact quite a uh, few mids in there. And, you know, Cornelio seen a different role last week. So you just got to imagine that GW is in that zone of potentially trying a few different things, So which could actually um, impact Taranto and other type midfielders to finish off. But no Josh, Cal- no Josh Kelly this week. So you've got to imagine that, you know, potentially that's an option to retain for those that do have Taranto, that he could be actually a pretty decent option there this week. Uh, to have so Jaden Shaw, you know, wholly untyped player here. You know, if he's getting out of those center bounces, hopefully it's the half back. But if it's, you know, if he's if if he's not, uh, his scores can uh, fluctuate a little bit. And what we need is the high ceiling uh, defender types in our def- obviously defensive part of the ground. So if he's not providing that, he's potentially one to look at. You know, again, a lot of ownership there. So if you're looking for leverage spot to move off, Jaden Shaw might be one of those to look at to move on. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards disliking this pick now. So interesting to see how he finishes off the season. Uh, Chad Warner, love the pick. So obviously having a really big year. He's pretty, still pretty young, obviously, only 21 years old. So, you know, it's one of the future for next year that we're potentially going to be targeting there as well. But at the moment, I still love the pick. No, obviously, no ownership there. So it might be one to look at to finish off if you really need to take, if you're in that sort of desperate type range that you want to take a leap of faith, that Warner might be one of those top players. Uh, it does have a ceiling. We do do know that at such a young age. Uh, so like the pick there. Josh Ward, like the pick. You know, upgrading bench options to potentially loop in. Love that sort of situation. If you're satisfied with your team, so like the pick there from uh, Josh Ward and, you know, what he can um, put on the ground 
as far as scores are concerned, uh, compared to what his price is, is a pretty decent value right now. So I like that pick right there. Uh, Dylan Moore in that same situation. If he's going to roll through that midfield for the Hawks, um, love that pick there. And, and he, we know he can score. So what we did need to see was a lot of midfield time, and he's getting that at this stage. So love that pick there. Uh, Max Gorn. It's a bit of a struggle. So again, if you can nail these picks, these two rucks to finish off the season, uh, it's going to put you in a pretty decent position to jump rank. So Max Gorn is in that situation where the scores haven't been there yet, but I still trust that he's going to get there eventually. McCluggage, so I like the pick. Uh, again, if you're looking to jump ship off Neil, McCluggage might be the one to go to. Again, if Neil is being targeted, that means potentially McCluggage is not. So he's got a high type ceiling game, which we do love. I like the pick there, Luke Davies, Uniaki. So maybe not this week, but it might be one to look at uh, to f- finish off the final few rounds of the season. Uh, Finn McGuinness might be coming his way this week, but I do like the pick. Uh, provides obviously no ownership there as well, but you know, he can hit some high ceiling type games there as well. Uh, Sean Darcy, quite a few fluctuating scores here. So um, I- I'm going to say pretty much dislike... Uh, because the scores just aren't there. And what we need at this stage is consistency and, and consistent high ceiling top games. And Darcy's just not, not providing that at this stage. So I'm going to say dislike here. Uh, Jake Lloyd's starting to get it done again. So uh, obviously seeing a little ball, bit of ball off half back there again for the Swans. Might be one if you're looking for a high ceiling type player that he could be one to finish off the season. I'm going to say I don't mind it. Not a pretty much a full on like. But yeah, if you're looking for some alternative type player. Uh, his scores have been fluctuating pretty much early part of the season. Hopefully, he can finish off the season strong. Uh, Mitch Duncan, as long as he's sitting off half back there, love the pick. So, but yeah, Tom Stewart coming back in eventually. So, got to imagine that might impact uh, Duncan there a little bit. But uh, obviously, his scores been really solid, solid the last few weeks. So, like that pick still at this stage. Uh, Tom Mitchell, it's a dislike for me, but the scores, it just can't get there. So, you know, a bit out of that midfield inside centre bounce, and, you know, it's not the Tom Mitchell of old, and nothing uh, of his blame, but, you know, the the Hawks have changed the way they want to move the ball, and that's through inside midfielders. It's not uh, Tom Mitchell running behind uh, someone with the ball and receiving it back and chipping it around. It is getting the ball and moving it forward as quickly as possible. So, uh, yeah, that knocks off a high-selling um, game for Tom Mitchell. So from that point of view, we need high-selling players to finish off the season, and he's just not going to be one of them, unfortunately. So it's a dislike there for me. Uh, Lockie Neal, uh, just almost a game to be a dislike. If he's going to get start, start to get targeted to finish off the season, then McCluggage could be the one to go off. And, you know, Neil 100% maximum ownership there. So you've got to it, – it's questionable. I'm not even going to say dislike here, but it's really questionable at this stage. Uh, but, yeah, if he's not going to be targeted to finish off the season, uh, he can certainly return to those um, high-ceiling games, that's for sure. So, yeah, it's one to consider whether you do it or not. Uh, it has to be pretty much, you know, you've got pretty much nothing else to do and you're just looking for a, a point of difference there. On to Bailey Smith. So, um, high-ceiling type player, and he's shown that throughout the season. So, you've got to imagine if the Bulldogs get it get on a roll here. Uh, the Bailey Smith is going to be a big part of that. So I do like the pick there. Zach Merritt, love the pick there. So no, no issues there for me. Uh, he's getting a stack of ball, played a little bit forward there as well. But he's still, you know, if he can hit the scoreboard and be part of that, you know, ball, he's playing through the midfield, but he's just moving forward of centre and, and becoming that different type midfielder over the last few weeks. And the scores have been there, so it's actually correlated to pretty good output from a fantasy perspective. So I do like the pick there. Uh, then we're looking onto the next one, Mason Redmond. So uh, this is the role we thought uh, sort of like Ridley could, could play and be the high-scoring type uh, defender, but it's Redmond that's turned out this year that to be the one that be 
taking the fantasy points. So I do like the pick there, and it's got a monster ceiling, as we've seen. Could be a little bit bumpy at times, but, yeah, a monster ceiling to finish off the season. Um, and at Marvel Stadium, it's just pure um, scoring fest for him there as well. Uh, Rory Laird loved the pick. Massive tackles last week, so high ceiling game. Monster, uh, captain option, so love the pick there. Josh Carmichael there, so a really good bench option there for the, those that don't have, obviously, elevated salary now, but yeah, it's still an option there to bring off the bench, and I think it, it will... I would be definitely staying in the team this week. Uh, Jordan Degoe is not due to return this week, potentially the week after, but at this stage, the way Carmichael is going, I'm not expecting him out of that team anytime soon. So definitely a good bench option. Um, should be able to cover any type of salary situation at this stage of the season. So yeah, bring him in and provide bench cover, especially in that forward line there, because we don't have many bench options in that lot. Really good scoring bench options there as well. So uh, bring him in if you don't have him and put him in the bench and potentially you can loop him in or use him as a last resort there. Uh, again, Noah Cumberland there, who's good last week. No Tom Lynch, so uh, his scores have been pretty good. Good future for Cumberland there at the Tigers. Uh, might be an option there, but uh, potentially I would go uh, Carmichael there as well uh, on the bench. Uh, so it's a, it's a like for um, Cumberland, but, yeah, just you know, potentially a better option than Carmichael. Uh, so Ollie Wine, it's, just, it's a dislike here. The scores just haven't been there for Wine. So he started off the season quite well. Obviously had some issues there as well. And it's just been fluctuating there. So, yeah, it's a dislike for Wines. We need consistent high ceiling types at this stage of the season. And he's just not that at this stage of the 2022 season. Uh, Tim English, uh, it's a like for me. So, uh, Norton back in. I could imagine that Bevo will go back to a solo ruck situation for the Bulldogs. And that'll be English. And that'll be hopefully a high ceiling type game there as well. Um, so, it's a like there for English. Uh, ben Key, so... I've talked repeatedly on the podcast recently that, you know, the, the Adelaide coaching staff, they want Saligo in that midfield. They obviously want Sam Berry in that midfield. They want to give opportunities to the younger types, you know, to the next generation type midfield. You know, Keyes is obviously part of that now, but obviously we've seen with Matt Crouch go back out of that team last week there as well. You know, it's, it's all about the future right now for the Crows, and that is the consistent messaging coming out of Adelaide is that they want to give these guys, you know, midfield an opportunity to, to you know, progress their um, development. So you've got to imagine that could impact Keyes somewhat. Obviously, he didn't get there last week. Uh, and conditions either suited the game or did not, and, and Laird was the one to get off the leash there and, and just provide a massive score, but Keyes was not. So it's just interesting to see how that plays out to finish off the season. Um, so, yeah, it's going like a flip-flop on this one, so I'm going to still sit on the side of questionable to finish off the season with regards to the Keyes. So Jack Lacoche is there, so he's moved back to half-back last week, so interesting he played forward early part of the season, but, yeah, back to half-back. The Suns have had a stack of... Injuries in that D50 uh, part of the ground uh, to finish off the season. But, yeah, Lukosha's gone back. He might be one to stash on your bench, and if he can post a decent score, you might be able to loop in at certain situations throughout a round. So, yeah, might be an option to look at. But, yeah, definitely I wouldn't be starting him on ground. But, yeah, potentially uh, stash him on your bench and you know, potentially use his good good score to come on ground and replace that against a highly owned type player. Alrighty, final thoughts ahead of round 19. Obviously, monitor news. Uh, look at potential, you know, spots in ownership where you can jump off ship off against a wholly owned type player. 
Yeah, it's a leap of faith at this stage. If you're looking to jump rank, you're going to have to get off these wholly owned players to, you know, um, manage your ownership in a different direction, hopefully in a positive direction. So, yeah, I'd be looking at that situation, um, target some wholly owned players. And this is presuming your team is quite solid on ground there as well. Uh, obviously, look at matchups. Uh, and those teams that are giving up a stack of fantasy points there as well through the midfield. Obviously, we target a stack of midfielders there. And the ruck options, you know, to, to nail those two rucks to finish off the season, I think it's going to provide an opportunity to jump rank in the final part of the season. Alrighty, all the best for round 19. Hopefully, you put out a pretty decent score uh, for your teams this week. Jeppa will be on deck again and will rejoin us next week as he returns from holiday. Thanks for tuning in and good luck this week.